Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our ministry when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 12, called To Judge or Not to Judge. Now Jesus says in verse 2, Here's where he clarifies the wrong kind of judgment or why we should be careful. He says, in the way you judge, he's using the idea of reciprocity or it's reciprocal, you will be judged. And by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you. So you can imagine maybe a uh, something where you would be measuring something or you would be weighing something. And this is what Jesus says. He says, in the same way that you judge others, it's coming back to you. Now, I hope that makes you and I pause a little bit when we're quick to judge somebody else because Jesus is saying, the way that I judge, the measures that I use, the scales that I weigh other people on, I'm gonna be weighed on that same scale. And I think that Jesus is pointing to ultimate judgment before God when he will weigh everything, the motives of men's hearts. Everything will be crystal clear. But I think there's something else here. On another level, the way we judge other people ends up coming back to us. If you're harsh with people, you're probably going to get some harsh responses. If you're more gracious with people and gentle with people, they'll probably be more gracious and gentle with you. There is a reciprocal reality in the way we go about our lives. Now, I want you to turn, hold your place in Matthew, turn to the book of Romans, just one parallel passage to kind of bring this home. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, chapter two. The apostle Paul is writing to a Jewish and Gentile combined congregation. Oftentimes he's addressing Jewish people in this church. They're trying to uh, worship together and get on with things together as Jew and Gentile. And some things were difficult. And here's what he says in Romans 2. This is verses 1 and following. Therefore, he says, you have no excuse, Romans 2, 1. Every one of you who passes judgment, for in the way that you judge another, you condemn yourself. For you who judge practice the same things. That's the key thing. Not that judging is wrong, but that you're doing the same things. And we know that the judgment of God, Romans 2, 2, rightly falls upon those who practice such things. But do you suppose this, O man, when you pass judgment on those who practice such things and do the same yourself that you will escape the judgment of God? Or do you think lightly of the riches of his kindness and tolerance and patience, not knowing that the kindness of God leads you to repentance? Now notice this scary verse. But because of your stubbornness, you won't take the log out of your own eye, we might say, an unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God, who will render to each person according to their deeds. Back to Matthew 7. You can see that the idea here is that if you're going to make a judgment, if you would lovingly remove a speck from a brother or sister's eye, just be careful that you don't have the same speck in your eye or something worse, like a log. Jesus, for illustration purposes, will actually take us into the workshop of a carpenter. 
And we know that Jesus was known as the carpenter and also the son of the carpenter. This was his trade. He would work with wood and the like. And here's what he says. Illustration now to bring it home. He says, why do you look at the speck? The NIV has speck of sawdust uh, or splinter uh, that's in your brother's eye and do not notice the log that is in your own eye. NIV, why do you look at the speck of sawdust or the splinter in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank that is in your own eye? Now, Jesus may have taken us right into the carpenter's workshop where imagine that you were working with a literal brother of yours, let's just say two siblings working together in dad's carpenter shop, and they're constantly on one another, pointing out one another's faults and that kind of thing, and that's where Jesus takes us. And we all know that if you had a splinter in your eye, you ever gotten a piece of lint in your eye? Oh my, how you want it out. You get any little thing in your eye. I wear contact lenses, and if you get something under your lens, usually you do something like this. Everybody get away from me, and you try to get in front of this little mirror, and you're like, get it, I gotta get it out. Everything stops, right? Uh, some years ago, I was playing racquetball with some friends, and I served the ball, and a friend of mine was in this corner, and I just peeked, and the ball was right here, and it hit me in the eye and drove my contact lens up into my eye. And my wife showed up, and I was brave and noble. Get it out! Get it out! Anyway. <laughs> so, went to the ER, but I remember, you know, the trauma from that, and you're like, it's so far up your eye. And when you have something in your eye, you want someone to help you get it out. Amen? If you get, ever get a splinter in your finger, how many of you, the world stops? Oh, no! I got a splinter! A splinter! <laughs> and then they got to get the, you know the x-ray equipment and try to dig that thing out. Oh, easy, be nice. But imagine, to take the illustration, and it's meant to be funny, here comes Mr. Log in his eye. Let me take a look. You're getting beat up by the log that's in the guy's eye. Everywhere he turns, he's raking out rows of people. What would be good is if he took the log out so he could help you with the speck. As it stands... He's knocking everybody around with that log. That's the image that Jesus is giving. He's saying, look, Mr. Log in the eye. (laughs) First, do a little business with yourself, and then you'll be able to help me. I was reading an author this last week, and he said, these are what we might call our blind spots. We all have blind spots in our lives, and sometimes We practice things that look terrible when other people are doing them, but we do the very same. And the image from a speck, a splinter, to a log means that you're doing worse things than the people you're condemning. You don't have the same splinter. You got a log. That's what Jesus is talking about. He's saying, first, you got to do some healthy self-examination. I read another author. He was talking about his golf swing, and he said, you know, Whenever I play golf, I imagine what my golf swing looks like. And it looks like, you know, Freddie Couples. It's smooth, and I finish, and I hold the follow-through. And then someone filmed my golf swing. And I look like Charles Barkley. And uh, Charles Barkley was a great basketball player and a wonderful announcer, but not a good golfer. He has one of the ugliest golf swings on the planet. And... Oh, you know, Scottish poet put it this way. Oh, that we would see ourselves the way others see us. But we don't. 
Now, sometimes we might say, well, we're our own hardest critics, but sometimes we don't see our own logs. You know what I'm saying? Our own blind spots. And this is where we invite the Lord. Search me, O Lord. You know, know my anxious thoughts. If I have logs or splinters in my eye, help me see the log and log out. For those of you who like computers. And I would just say one more thing. Don't be a spectator. Thank you for those gracious laughs. I felt some of you judging me. Uh, but anyway. Jesus says, how can you say to your brother, verse 4, let me take that speck out of your eye and behold the log or the plank is in your own eye. Here's the order. And politically correct Jesus says, you hypocrite. First, and of course, verses one through five are dealing with hypocritical judgment. If you want to categorize it, that's the wrong kind of judgment. You hypocrite, Jesus, that's the key word. You're being hypocritical. First, take the log out of your own eye. Then you'll what? See clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Jesus is not saying you shouldn't be about gracious speck removal. In Matthew 18, he will say, if your brother sins, go and tell your brother his fault. Warn him, if you will. And if he listens to you, you have won your brother. And when you look at the original language there, Jesus says you've saved saved him from further harm. If your brother's got a speck, you know he wants it out, but he just wants you to be gracious in the way that you come to him. And you might say, you know what? I used to have a log in my own eye. Sometimes people, when, they, when you want to point out a speck, they say something like this. Don't judge me, man, because in 1978, I know you were doing the same thing. And sometimes that's meant to deflect you from what they're really struggling with. Yes, everyone who would ever point out a speck in your life has probably had specks of their own. That's not the question. The question is, are they pointing out the speck accurately? And are their intentions to get the splinter out so you'll be better? If that's their heart towards you, then I would be more apt to receive that because a wise man will receive a rebuke and a correction. A fool will not. But if Mr. Log in the eye comes knocking me around, or I know he's a hypocrite, and I know he's doing things a thousand times worse than me. And then he comes with his little magnifying glass. Now I'm going to probably be less receptive. Do you see Jesus' point? He's saying, just get the log out. Then you'll be able to see things the way you need to see them. We've all got blind spots. And I think this is just clearly what Jesus is talking about. This is the order. To get specks out, splinters out, it hurts a little bit. Sometimes it hurts to hear the truth from somebody. But I'll tell you what, my best friends in life over the years have told me the truth. And sometimes it was hard for me to hear. And, and the divine surgery, you know, when you got to get it out, it, it can hurt for a moment, but the benefits are ongoing, amen? If I leave it there, what happens? Infections, things get worse. So that's the idea of a true friend or a brother or sister who truly loves you. They will speak the truth in love. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Deceitful are the kisses of an enemy. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Hey, I'm producer Rob. 
Since we began on this journey of reaching out with God's truth to all people, we have grown to be on eight radio stations. Now we're excited to tell you, this month we have begun broadcasting in San Diego. So if you're listening from there, welcome. We hope that this teaching is a blessing to you. So now we're on two radio stations in Southern California, one in Northern California in the Bay Area, Arizona, Idaho, Utah, and two in Georgia, reaching people from all walks of life and faiths. In addition, we have listeners all over the world, like in South Africa, Nepal, Australia, the United Kingdom, Pakistan, and Israel, thanks to our podcast. The country where we have the second most listeners is India. Fewer than 3% of the population are Christians there. The point is, the hope of the gospel is getting around. If you are a financial partner, thank you for recognizing the importance of Walk in Truth by giving at least $5 a month and for praying for people's lives to be changed through hearing and responding to the messages aired each week. Through our partnership together, Walk in Truth has been able to carry God's message of hope to thousands of listeners who may be feeling stress, confusion, and hopelessness. And also, thank you for contributing to the joy in learning God's Word and feeling Him close. Now, Walk in Truth's total budget for radio airtime, promotion, equipment, supplies, the podcast, and staffing is over $150,000 a year. Our goal has always been to become 100% listener-supported and to expand into more radio stations as God provides. Now, our current level of listener financial support is not quite 50% yet, and we are praying for more listeners to become part of the Walk in Truth team. Can you give a one-time tax-deductible Christmas gift today? or become a monthly partner of at least $10 a month, please help us reach 50% listener support before the year ends. Call 844-48-TRUTH to give. That's 844-48-TRUTH. 844-48-TRUTH or give at walkintruth.com. And thank you so much on behalf of Pastor Michael and the whole Walk in Truth team. We hope you have a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Thank you to all our Walk in Truth financial partners, and be sure to check out our Walk in Truth app, available in your app store. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, deceitful are the kisses of an enemy. All right, so now Jesus gives this interesting verse. He says, verse 6, Matthew 7, do not give what is holy to dogs. And in the ancient world, dogs were scavengers. It was very rare to have a domesticated animal like a dog in your home. They ran around in packs and they would just eat whatever they could and they were an annoyance. Now, it's been clear from this pulpit that I'm a dog lover. I have a dog named Sage. She's like 11 years old now and she pretty much lives by my side and she knows how soft I am. Anytime I'm eating something, Sage is there. And she's like my little buddy, but she knows how soft I am. So whatever I'm eating, if I have a popsicle, she knows she's going to get the last bite of that popsicle. And she just waits and the tail's going, right? And, you know, when we're, whatever we're eating, I find a way to get sage a little bit. And I was thinking, you know, my dog's not like that. She's not an annoying scavenger. And then I looked down and we were eating a meal and she had her, her little head, her little chin on my knee. <laughs> and I was thinking scavenger. (laughs) You are one of those, aren't you? Anyway, now giving what's holy to dogs may speak of like the showbread, the things that the priests uh, sacrificed and were supposed to eat. You don't just throw that to the dogs, right? That's the image. 
And here, here a dog would represent a person. You don't throw pearls to pigs, verse 6, middle, lest they trample them under their feet. A pig doesn't know the value of pearls. The pig won't say, oh, that's lovely. Let's make a necklace out of that. It will just oink at you. I have a niece who lives in Tennessee. She may be watching. She's a pig lover. She loves pigs. She has multiple pigs. I don't think any one of them are named Wilbur. (laughs) Charlotte's Web, never mind. So here's the thing. Dogs and pigs in the ancient world to the Jewish mind were unclean animals. You don't give what's unclean to dogs and pigs or dogs and hogs, if you will. Now, you might say, what is Jesus talking about? He's saying, look, in the kingdom of God, we have the gospel of the kingdom. We share the gospel with people, and we're supposed to share it with every creature under heaven, right? We try to share the gospel wherever we go. But let's say someone's closed to things like that. Let's say that every time we come and we try to bring the gospel to someone, they not only do they reject it, but they get violent with us or they might want to beat us up. At some point, you have to make the call whether someone's open to spiritual things or not. Some of the great evangelists in the world say, you know, swing to the spiritual with someone from the natural to the spiritual and see if they're open. If they're not open or they get, you know, uh, violent or angry with you, Of course, you're not going to try to shove it down their throat. And that's really what Jesus is saying. You need discernment about how you deal with the holy things. We deal as as the church with the most holy things in all of life. The truth of God, the truth of the gospel, that which is holy and precious. And we want to give it to people as much as we can. Jesus will later say, you know, if, if a home won't receive you or a town won't receive you, just shake the dust off your feet Here's the key idea. There are certain people who cannot assess value. They can't judge things properly. 1 Corinthians 2, 14 and 15, write it down. The natural man doesn't know how to appraise spiritual value. He puts no value on it. The spiritual man understands and appraises, and no one judges him. He judges all things because he has the Holy Spirit, and he's able to see value. He is a good appraiser of things. He's a good discerner of things. He can appraise things properly. The pig and dog in this scenario can't appraise value. They don't see it. They reject it. And Jesus is saying, be careful. Because if you throw your pearls at a pig, he might just think you're throwing rocks at him and charge at you and trample you down. So you got to be careful. Jesus talked about if a town won't receive you, then go to the next town that kind of thing. I think Jesus practiced this in this way. Jesus wrapped the pearls of the kingdom in parables. And he would tell a parable. And the disciples said, why do you speak in parables? And he said, well, to you it's been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom and it's not given to them. And what's the difference between the two groups? It would seem that one group was open in pursuing understanding and another wasn't. So Jesus would tell a story, and the disciples would ask for clarification. What does that mean? And what what does that story mean? And he would reveal the pearl. The kingdom of God is called the pearl of great price in one of Jesus' kingdom parables. A, A pearl of great value. But a pig doesn't understand the value of a pearl. He'll smash down that which is expensive and maybe trample you because he thinks you're throwing stuff at him. He doesn't know how to assess value. 
So we need discernment. Lord, who would you have me to witness to today? And who might I not witness to? How, how can I be wise? Missionaries need this, etc. I think that's what Jesus is getting at. Now, what appears to be some disjointed verses actually fit well with the flow of thought. Let's read them together. This is Matthew 7, 7. Famous words. Ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it shall be opened. Now, ask, seek, and knock are all Greek present imperatives which indicate keep on asking, keep on seeking, and keep on knocking. And I see a process here of uh, kind of things get ratcheted up in intensity from asking to then seeking to then knocking. If I were to ask you right now, and you can, you can talk back to me right now in this part of the sermon, I don't mind. I don't mind amens and hallelujahs either. If I were to ask you, what does the Bible overall teach is the most important thing for you to get, what would you say it is? Felt it out. Love, what else? Wisdom. Now, Jesus is talking about discernment and judging. And sometimes when people see these words and some other verses similar to this, they think that Jesus is making a carte blanche promise about prayer. Whatever you ask, whatever you seek, whatever you knock, it's going to be given to you. But let me submit to you that the flow of thought here is about judgment or discernment or wisdom in navigating life. I'm going to take you to just a couple of Proverbs. Hold your place in Matthew. We'll come back to that. Right after the Psalms, you got the Proverbs. It's wisdom literature. It's all about wise walking, making good decisions, avoiding evil, clinging to what's good. You've been listening to To Judge or Not to Judge, Part 2 on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's teaching in Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 12. And if you missed any part of today's program, Walk in Truth is always available on Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many other podcast apps. Listen for free to Pastor Michael's teachings in more books of the Bible. And would you please tell a friend about Walk in Truth? We hope today's teaching will be a blessing and uplifting to someone you care about. Would you please encourage a friend or family member to listen to Walk in Truth on this station? If you're listening through your podcast app, please click the share button. Thanks so much for spreading the word about Walk in Truth. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word. Well, we know out there is that saying, you do you, I'll do me. You know, that that basically means mind your own business. I don't care what you do as long as it doesn't affect me or, or it might be this way. I don't care what you do. If you're, if you're, you don't hurt anybody else and you're, and you're kind in a Christian context, we might just say, uh, you do you all do me, just be kind and love Jesus kind of, kind of stuff. And the question that's been posed to me, (laughs) is that too relaxed of an attitude? You know, well, I think in one sense it is, here's why. Yes. First and foremost, you got to be responsible for your own walk, but we are a body. When we think about our Christian community or the kingdom citizens, we have a king and we're the citizens. We have a head, Christ, and we're the body. And the hand and the arm and the you know internal organs, that metaphor that Paul uses in 1 Corinthians 12 of a body, they must work together. 
they can't say, I don't need you. I don't need you. The eye can't say, I don't need you to the ear. Cause then how would you hear, etc. I think you get the point. So there is an inner working of the body. And if Christianity cannot be a solo endeavor because it's in a body corporate context, yes, your walk is solo, but maybe that's part of the problem with the American churches. We've gotten so solo about things that we, we don't, really know how to love well. With all the live stream stuff, which can be a benefit for a lot of people, we've lost some connection. COVID, of course, contributed to that. So we need to make sure that we can do the one another commands. There's 59 of them in the New Testament. Love one another, pray for one another, forgive one another, etc. You can't really do that unless you're in some sort of close quarters with other people, right? Other believers. So here's what I would say. Yes, you're probably a little bit too relaxed if you're just if you're not concerning yourself with how to be a blessing to the body. But yeah, seek to get, have your walk right, and then usually the overflow will come in all those other areas as well. I pray you're somewhere serving the Lord and worshiping with His people. Walkintruth.com. Have a tremendous weekend. We'll see you right here next time. We appreciate our Walk in Truth financial partners. You contribute to our ministry broadcast, and podcast. As a thank you for your support, we've created the Walk in Truth app. you got to check it out. It's available in your app store. If you'd like to become a Walk in Truth partner, any amount is appreciated. You can now give on the Walk in Truth app or visit walkintruth.com. And join us Monday for the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Matthew 7, 1 through 12, called To Judge or Not to Judge. I'm Mike Massaro. On behalf of Pastor Michael Lance and Living Truth Christian Fellowship, Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people.